Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Uh, Across the world on the internet and uh, around the state of Alaska on this your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live. Hello, and welcome to Thursday. Wow, Thursday already. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Man, the weeks just fly by. I mean, we're almost, we're, we're halfway through June. Halfway through June already, and uh, it just uh, just zips right on by like a Maserati on the freeway. It is... Uh, uh, it's it's zooming on in. Welcome to the program this morning, and thanks for coming in and joining with us. Um, <clears throat> today ought to be an interesting show uh, because uh, yesterday I had all these irons in the fire, and uh, I was thinking that uh, some of these guests were going to come about, and it turns out that it was all for naught. It was all for naught. I uh, <clears throat> in the uh, in the end, everything kind of fell apart, and. I got got home last night. I was just dragging tail and uh, sat down, plonked down to eat my supper and just totally, nope, didn't get it. Did not get uh, any of the guests lined up that I thought I was going to get. And then proceeded to just go to bed because, I mean, why plan a show when you don't need to, right? I mean, (laughs) why plan a show and... Uh, sketch things out and do all that when, you know, you could just wing it. So we're going to wing it today. Today, it's just you and me, and we're going to do what I, well, I I put it in the description of the show this morning. We're just going to do a stream of consciousness show where we just talk about whatever comes to mind, whatever hot topics are out there. I mean, we've got the headlines, right? I mean, we've got headlines. We've we know exactly what uh, you know what's out there that'll give us something to talk about, but the question is, of course, uh, you know what's important and what's going on and everything else. So we're going to do that, but <clears throat> because it is a stream of consciousness show, and it, and participation, participatory, uh, the participation is uh, required. Well, not required, encouraged. Participation in the show is not required, but it is encouraged. We're going to go ahead and uh, we'll throw the phone lines open first things first this morning. Because I know some of you have just got a burning need to say something about something. So we're going to open up the phone lines this morning at 907-433-3150. And we're going to talk about... Whatever it is that you want to talk about. I mean, there's a plethora of things, I'm sure, that are out there that you're going to want to discuss. And so we're going to do that. We're going to hit some headlines. We got, I do have a few things to talk about. Um, but um, 
you know, who knows? The show could get weird. We could end up talking about ancient aliens, which, by the way, is one of my guilty pleasures. The show Ancient. This last weekend, I had to laugh because this last, last weekend, uh, we were, I was, hey, we'd had some breakfast. We were sitting there drinking coffee, my wife and I, and um, I don't know. Something was up. Uh, we were sitting in the living room, and uh, I think we were watching had court TV or something on in the background, something legal we were discussing or something. And anyway, so she starts searching through the, she starts searching through the, uh, what's available on this thing. And all of a sudden it popped up and it was ancient aliens, uh, the history channel show, which is just sometimes ridiculous, but I mean, I just, I don't know. It's like a guilty pleasure. Anyway, she looks over at me. I look over at her and I just laugh because I know that she, dislikes that show so here's proof that she loves me though she sighs and pushes play and puts the remote back down <laughs> and so we ended up watching we ended up watching an episode of ancient aliens uh anyway <clears throat> this show could degrade into that this morning i have no idea <laughs> anyway um <clears throat> So uh, that's the uh, that's the rundown for on tomorrow's show. Now this is a tomorrow's show will be completely different. Tomorrow's show on Firearms Friday, we're going to be joined by Robbie Sove, who is a writer for uh, Reason Magazine, and he also is on. Uh, he's part of the Hill. There um, they have a daily they have a daily news podcast that they put out from the Hill called Rising. He's part of that as well. We're going to talk about Uvalde. We're going to talk about the police response. We're going to talk about the president's call for more gun control and uh, and everything else. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow in hour one. Then in hour two, we'll be joined by Chris Chang, Top Shot champion from season four. And then we'll have Willie Waffle at the end. So tomorrow is already a full show. It's going to be like zoomy, zoom, zoom. Um, <clears throat> it'll be, it'll be a fun, fun thing for tomorrow. So, um, lots of interesting stuff to, uh, to chat about tomorrow, but still today there's some, uh, there are some things I'm going to take on a couple things for sure. We're going to talk about, uh, the election results that were reported yesterday. They started, um, they started, uh, uh the, the count again yesterday. Uh, of all the all the ballots that were out there, they got up to 138,000 ballots. So they've counted another 30,000 ballots that came in. So we'll give you the rundown on that. We're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, some of the candidates who are out there and who's supporting whom, which ought to give you an idea of exactly where you should stand on some of these issues. Uh, we're even going to take on that uh, question. It got posted in the chat room here earlier. Was it earlier this week? I think it was earlier this week. And it was a list of, because uh, there's been this discussion about, you know, and in fact, we even talked about the uh, earlier the other day about how, you know, there's a concern about recession slash depression slash, you know, monetary policy slash spending. And what does that mean for us? And then, you know, somebody posted about, you know, the, the food shortage and the potential for food shortage. And there was a whole list of farms that were destroyed. And, and we're going to, we're going to break that down because I did do a little research 
on that. And um, <clears throat> it's um, so we're, we're going to talk about that as well. The, the food, the, the, you know, the destruction of food, manufacturing facilities and stuff like that. That seems to be a real buzzy, hot topic uh, around uh, some of the different uh, some of the different uh, channels and things like that. Um, so I did spend some time looking into that and um, and and checking the veracity, I guess, of it. So we're going to take on that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Alaska court system and uh, oh, the rejected ballots. Trying to decide what to start with here this morning. I think we'll start with this story. Um, because I read this story and I was like, I read it yesterday because it actually came out yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to comment on it. And I was like, what? So <clears throat> you can't make this stuff up. A dozen children and two adults in Juno at a daycare summer program that's being held at Alaskan Elementary School, were served up floor sealant instead of milk for their meal. Um, the uh, Yeah, the children uh, complained of a burning sensation in their mouths and throats, and at least one child was treated at the hospital after the Tuesday morning incident. In Juneau. Now, they're not exactly sure how the mix-up occurred, and uh, I'm glad we didn't talk about this yesterday because some more details came out. Apparently, the um, the milk uh, at this uh, cafeteria in this elementary school is served up in, um, instead of in cartons, it's served up in bags inside cardboard boxes and they take the bag out and they put it in a dispenser like a big standalone dispenser where you put your cup under it and it dispenses milk and um <clears throat> the floor sealant apparently looks suspiciously like milk it has no 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 odor uh or anything else and apparently the pallet that the milk there was a pallet delivered to the school from the off-site storage where milk and floor sealant were on the same pallet. I mean, what? Uh, according to the comment here, Weiss said that the milk and the floor sealant, which is also a milky white substance, both come in large plastic bags that are stored inside cardboard boxes. For the milk, the pouch is removed from the box and placed inside the dispenser to serve with meals instead of cartons. Both the milk and the sealant were stored at a district commodity storage site off campus. They said somehow boxes with sealant in large pouches were stored or moved onto the same pallet as large pouches of milk that were also in cardboard boxes. According to the uh, superintendent of the schools, Bridget Weiss, she says, uh, she says, we don't know what happened, but we know that they were all put on the same pallet. The pallet was delivered, and the assumption was that it was milk because that's what we thought was delivered. So they're now investigating why, you know, why food items were stored in the same building as chemicals. Now, again, there's no odor or chemical smell to the sealant, but 
The school district luckily does have standards that dictate that any chemical used in the school must have a low ingestion risk, meaning if you drink some of it, it's not going to immediately kill you. One student did end up going to the hospital, and there was uh, there was uh, some um, some pissed off parents. I mean, not surprisingly, but uh, they were really upset because some of them weren't notified until after noon that this had happened. It wasn't like it happened in the morning and they called you right away and said, hey, this is what they didn't call until afternoon. Um, so, yeah, big, big, big questions there. I mean, yum, floor sealant. It does a body good. Um, I just I don't know. I just, I just don't know. I mean, how do you, I mean, I don't know what the boxes look like. Do the boxes say milk and big bold letters off of them or does it, are they just cardboard boxes and you open it up and you expect to see a white, a bag, a bag of white liquid and you're like, okay, that's the milk. I mean, I just, wow. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, I, I think I'd be, I think I'd be wondering, I think I'd be talking to, um, um, I think I'd be talking to the contractor because apparently all the food items, including milk for the dispensers were provided by a contractor and served by the staff. Uh, is it the contractor staff? Is it school district staff? I think I'd be asking, um, um, I think I'd be asking some serious questions. I think I would be now. No, again, only one child was hospitalized with anything. I mean, nobody, you know, the, the minor stomach aches and things like that. But you just see, my, drink your milk, drink your milk. But it tastes funny. Drink your milk. Oh God, it's not. I just, I don't. I just didn't even know what to think when I read this story. Oh, uh, Michael in the chat room says, "I don't smell milk, but I smell lawsuits." Yeah, I think uh, there would be, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd be asking some serious questions. One of the quotes from, I can't remember if it was a Juno Empire or one of the stories, from yesterday anyway, basically was one of, the, one of the parents was like, I'm never taking my kids back there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably a pretty good idea. I don't think I'd be putting my kids back in, uh, well, first of all, it's a day, it's day, when did she, I mean, I know that school is daycare. I mean, pretty much for most people that public school is really, you know, a form of daycare. But why are why is it being provided in the middle of the summer for There's a whole issue there. There is a whole issue there. I don't even I don't even want to get into. But floor sealant. Mmm, yummy. Uh <laughs> just you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make it up. All right, so I guess that's the story to start the day. Luckily, nobody was hurt, and thank goodness for that. I wouldn't be joking about it if it wasn't, if they, uh, you know, if somebody had been truly hurt on it. But man, just think of it was. I mean, isn't it isn't it telling that the first thing I thought of was that this was some kind of malicious attack? I guess that's telling for our today's society that the first thing I thought was who could have slipped what in there, and. Uh, but that's, um, I guess that's, that's the world we live in, my friends, right now. That's the world we live in. Again, reason number 1235 why I homeschool my kids. Right there. All right, we are uh, continuing on the other side of this. 
Uh, phone lines are open. Feel free to participate in the conversation at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Federally funded school food program, FYI, says Donna. Yeah, I know. It's a free lunch program with, with, but they're doing, they're, they're babysitting them too. It's a daycare. They said it was a daycare on top of it. Daycare summer program. Which, I mean, I guess first and foremost, why is government competing with private industry? I mean, if there was a demand, there would be an industry for doing that, right? For watching kids. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Did you see the new commercial for pizza? Thin crust tastes better. Wheat supply is cut off. Uh, Robbie, can I tell you a secret? I like thin crust better. That's just me. That's fine. I mean, you know, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. Um, all right. We got, uh, well, look, we got a line on hold. Nice. Got a phone call this morning. So we're going to talk about, uh, that. I just, I'm still just shaking my head. Uh, did the two adults not drink their milk? Um, I don't know. A dozen children and two adults were served floor sealant. Did the adults not taste this and go, whoa, 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 wait a second. This don't taste like milk. Uh, No. I don't. I have no idea. Um, and and if Zach Fields had his way, the daycares would be unionized. Well, he can try. You know, the more they push, the more they continue to create the black market. You realize that. You realize that the more that they push to continually create inane and ridiculous and overstepping laws, the more that they're forcing people to do things that are illegal. I mean, they create they create their own markets at this point. I mean, that's that's what government intervention does. That's what the overreach of government creates. That's what it does. I got to fly away there. All right. <laughs> that's what happens when you swallow your own spit. All right. Let's uh, go over here to the phones and uh, get the name of the caller, get them all set up for the return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? And where are you calling from? Uh, Mark, and I'm from Delta Junction. Mark from Delta Junction. All right, Mark, you want to hold on a second? I'll be right back to you, okay? You'll be first in the queue. Sure. All right. Mark from Delta is going to be joining us here in just a moment as we continue to click on through our morning stuff um <clears throat> what are some of the other stories that we're going to talk about all right well we are going to talk about the vote count uh we're also going to talk about the fact that um democrats are furious furious infuriated over the rejection uh of ballots in some of their communities 
and they are like, we'll take some answers now, damn it, um, on this. To which all I could think of was when I first read the headline, all I could think of was, be careful what you ask for. You may get it. I mean, you guys wanted this full on vote in, you know, full on vote by mail. You guys have been pushing for this forever. And uh, look what you get. You know, look what you get. I just I'm not I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Um, Your audio video is out of sync. Robbie, reload. That's all I can say. Reload. One, two, three. Audio, video, out of sync. Uh, just reload. Or just don't watch me. Why would you want to watch me? I, I don't understand. I mean, I'm on Facebook and I know, but read the comments instead. The comments are definitely more interesting than looking at, looking at this bearded mess this morning. Um, so anyway, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the Democrats being upset about it. We're going to talk about Peter Majicki. Peter Majicki, he's down there in the peninsula. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the uh, David Grunewald uh, murders and the fact... Oh, hey, reminds me, we got to go back. Uh, about the fact that the case is uh, yet again, the sentencing has been delayed yet again. For a good reason, question mark? I don't think so. But we'll talk about that as well. The Michael Duke Show, Comic Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. All right, uh, continuing now. Our stream of consciousness edition. We're just talking about whatever comes to mind. Uh, and we're inviting you to call in as well on the Satellite West phone line at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150 is the phone number. Mark is down in Delta, and he wanted to sound off this morning, so let's get uh, his take on things. Good morning, Mark. What's on your mind? Good morning, Michael, and thanks for your show. Um, food for thought here. Um, these milk bags, you know, obviously they come in a box, but you take them out of the box and then you put them in the dispenser and there's this little white tube about the size of your pinky in diameter, a couple inches long. You push it down through the little contraption there and then you have to snip it off and that's what dispenses your milk. Now, wouldn't you think that the one that dispenses the floor sealant might be just a little bit different? I mean, I would think so. I mean, we're assuming that the that the units that they use there are exactly as you describe. I've seen those. I've handled those before. I've I've seen that done. But um, I don't know. I, I maybe you would think that. Well, first of all, you would think that if the bags didn't exactly match up to what they're used to, somebody would go, "Well, that's weird." Uh, and, and then second, you know, at least I'd go back to look at the box and say, is this the bag without the nipple or what? I mean, is this the, you know, without the tube? Is this the, or is this something else? But apparently, no. I, I Yeah. I mean, Mark, you're raising a valid point. I mean, who at what point goes, well, this just doesn't look right. I'll just mash it into the machine and make it work. Mm, I don't know. Well, and another question is, is, you know, milk has to be refrigerated. So did they take a pallet 
half full of this floor sealant and wheel it over, you know, warm right next to the cooler there at the, the, the uh, warehouse and, and then unbag the milk because they said all this stuff was unbagged and then threw the cold unbagged milk on top of the uh, sealant or, or next to it. And then, of course, when it comes from the, uh, you know, warehouse, I'm sure it's not going to be a very long trip since it's all in Juneau area. Uh, you would think that if you grab a, a bag of this sealant, it would be a lot warmer than a bag of milk. You know, something there, maybe a little tactile that you might be able to say, hmm, maybe this is a little different. I might want to investigate why it's a little warmer. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of speed bumps to this, man. There's a lot of things where you'd be like, well, there is. I mean, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I got to ask the question, is this, uh, is this some pissed off employee who decided just to do this on a whim or was this just pure idiotic stupidity or was it, uh, was it truly an accident? I have no idea. And the police are into it. They're looking into it now, but you do bring up a valid point about how those, uh, the bags of milk are, uh, uh you know, they, they have a specific there's a specific form that the that the bags are in so that they can be put into the dispenser so they can dispense the milk. So uh, and if the bag doesn't match, that probably would have been your first clue that something just might be wrong. But uh, I, I'm right. I'm with you on that. So all right. So uh, last point for you, and this is just for tomorrow. Um, the Uvalde shooting there. I just happened to read something today in the interweb about the new Hellfire or or not maybe not new, but the Hellfire trigger, and it supposedly makes these uh, weapons shoot like automatic weapons. So just something for food to thought for tomorrow. Were they saying that, the, did they say that this kid had one? Is that what they're saying, or is it just? Yes, sir. Huh. Yeah, yes, sir. They said that there was one there. It wasn't used, but there was one there. Well, that's very interesting. The Hellfire trigger has been around for a long time. Uh, that's not something new. Um but if he had one, why didn't he install it? Why just have one Correct. in the purse? Because, I mean, it can't help you if it's not installed and ready to go. Um, did that just fall out of somebody's pocket at the thing or what? I mean, you know. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, you know, news break, they don't give you a lot of details. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd kind of like to know more about that. Um, Mark, if you can find that article and you want to mail it to me, I'd love to research it a little bit for tomorrow. Uh, you can <clears throat> email me at the show at me at michaeldukeshow.com. Um, so okay. thank you, Mark. I appreciate your call. Uh, let's continue on over here ahead to the next caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Carlene in Kodiak. Hello, Carlene. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. But uh, this story is just uh, really heartbreaking um, about the chemicals being served up as milk. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the Bahamas, about four or five years ago, there were tourists that were just falling down dead, and it turned out it was the pesticides, and now the chemical companies do not have to put odor or color in the chemicals. And... Uh, I read an article from the Seward newspaper. I was clearing out uh, articles and about the pesticides along the railroad tracks. Um, Alaska does not have to put flags out or no warnings. And then um, the neurologists are taught in medis medical school that chemicals 
do not cross the blood-brain barrier. The blood-brain barrier is one cell thick. And uh, the chemicals uh, actually cause brain damage and chemical injury. Which chemicals? The ones that they're using on the railroad? Um, well, it, it depends on how much you get of that. It's like a barrel um, that fills up. Sometimes people are chemical injured over years of just drinking diet soda. But they used to put iridescent pink and iridescent yellow in certain chemicals. Right. There's a sheet called the MSDS, mm-hmm. Material Safety Data Sheet. Right. But from that Seward Phoenix newspaper article, they make that so hard to understand. Some of those are 50 to 100 pages long, and it shows sometimes that one chemical has 90 different names. But um, what's happened is very serious um, in the school yesterday. No, I mean, it's definitely a serious, I mean, it's a breach of trust. It really uh, calls into question some of the systems that they're using. And quite honestly, uh, in my opinion, based on what just Mark said, it calls into question the common sense of the people who are working there. I mean, uh, were the bags different? Did they look the same? Were they both in plain marked cardboard boxes? Were they cold? I mean, those are all good questions that I think need to be asked about something like this. Um, but <clears throat> I also say that, you know, in my mind, this is just me, Carlene. This is not you, but it's me. In my mind, I think, man, this is the kind of, you know, you look at how the government runs the DMV and the post office, and I think this is what you get when you trust the government to watch your children. Um, you know, this is why I never have, and that's why I never would. I don't want the government watching my children. They're, uh, you know, th- this is just another point of uh, potential injury, whether it was accidental or intentional, that I would not want to expose my children to. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very frustrating, Carly. They will say that, oh, it was only floor sealant, or it was only ethylene glycol, or it was only pesticides, and make it seem like it was just nothing, and, like, just dismiss that, you know? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, they're quick to point out that, that, that uh, all the chemicals used in the schools have a low ingestion rate and everything else, that they're specifically tasked with that, and that, that will be the thing that saved the kids is that, all the chemicals at the schools have to have this low ingestion risk. So uh, they did. But at the same time, what? And then the fact that some of the that whoever was in charge didn't call back to some of the parents until apparently three or four hours later after the incident. That also raises some questions and concerns. So, yeah, uh, I mean, again, Carlene, if uh, it would just be my recommendation that people use this as a warning to maybe not trust the government with their children. I mean, you know, maybe. And Michael, uh, when I worked daycare, I had a job for a year. And for about nine months, I worked with babies. And then the last three months with toddlers. But anytime anything came up, well, I kept my eyes on them continually because how do I explain to a parent that the kid baby got loose and was outside on the highway? Right, you know, right. The thing is, 
anything that came up, I would call the parents immediately. There was a notebook on the cupboard there, and I would just call the parents, and I would call to see how's the baby now. You know, I had to call to have somebody come and take the baby home because they were sick. But um, you, you just never take your eyes off the child. You know. Yeah. I was. Re- well, inst- when you get when you get to that institutionalized mentality of uh, the school cafeteria and everything else, and you're just plodding along, maybe it's a whole different thing. It'll be interesting to see, Carlene, whether or not this turns out to be, um, you know, whether it was accidental or whether they do find something that was more nefarious and intentional. Uh, I mean, I, I would hate to see that, but in this, like I said, my first thought was, was this some form of attack? Was this some form of uh, skullduggery, you know, uh, and, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, um, but you're, you're hundred percent right. Thank you, Carlene, for calling in and joining us. I appreciate that. Uh, David in the chat room says, these are people entrusted to educate Alaska's children, yet they set a 50% literacy benchmarks and can't differentiate floor sealant from milk. Oh, 1200 reason 1235. Why I homeschooled all my children. And I know people say, oh, you're blowing this out of proportion. I'm just reading between the lines here. Again, the same people who are running the DMV in the post office, the government, you want them to take care of your children because they've done such a, I mean, even the school system in this state has done such a bang up job, 49th in the nation on so many different benchmarks with a graduation, with a graduation rate of, uh, you know, uh, one out of four doesn't even get get to graduation, let alone achieve those low benchmarks, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 433-3150-907-433-3150, the Satellite West call-in line powered by our friends at Satellite West. Uh, you can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com. We are up against the break. We're going to continue here in uh, just a moment. Uh, and we will see what uh, we'll see what you have to say as we continue. It is the Michael Duke Show, the special stream of consciousness edition, <laughs> where we just talk about whatever, whatever comes to mind. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, give us a shout. We'll be back with more in just a moment. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, in the break, Mark says, hey, uh, I sent you the email. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Hellfire. The Uvalde shooter owned a device that makes AR-15s even more deadly. Uh, pictures of almost going black dot eyes and loads an AR spinning all over the body. All you do is squeeze a trigger and shoot at a rate of up to 900 RPM. Um, uh, he owned a device, but it wasn't found. Uh, had purchased a Hellfire device, which was recovered from one of the classrooms. Uh, they don't believe the device was used in the attack, but had it. Even trigger happy U.S. machine guns are supposed to be illegal. Central fixtures, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
poorly regulated market of firearms accessories. Oh, yeah, this place is asking for it. They want nothing but um, bump stocks, Hellfire, same physics, blah, 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 blah. Um, factories in 1993, uh, trigger devices, um, uh, market lethality. Interesting. Um, well, um, I will, there's New York times, um, New York times article. Okay. So I'll go back to the original New York times articles and see what's going on. Oh, thank you so much for that. Good morning. Good morning, Marit. Uh, thank you for coming in to uh, YouTube. we got folks coming into YouTube and everything. Barbara says the chat just disappeared. Um, chat's still there for me. Uh, chat's still there. Um, all the way down here. Facebook hates us. Uh, all right. You, did you swipe the chat out of the way, Barbara? Because you, if you're on your phone, you could swipe the chat out of the way. Uh, accidentally. You could swipe it off the screen so you don't see it anymore. So just either reload or swipe the sides of the screen. It'll probably come back up. Same with medication, says Tawny. So many different names. You're talking about the MSDS where you've got 50 different names for the same chemical. Yeah, it, it happens. Um, well, you don't expect parents to actually raise their own children, do you? I know. It's a unique concept, huh? All right. Um, Jonathan says from YouTube, close the app and reload it as the desk as a desktop. Sometimes it disappears for me too. So hopefully it comes back for you, Barbara. There you go. Uh, Sandy still sees it. I still see it. Everybody else still sees it. So uh, it's very flammable, says Susie. Although I see it in the unified chat comment, but I don't see it in the. I hate that. It doesn't show me all the comments. Interesting. <clears throat> the unified chat pulls every comment from Facebook. But in my window on Facebook, because I have Facebook open in another window just to make sure it's running, I don't have the link that Susie put up that has the actual MSDS for the uh, for the floor ceiling. Hmm. Interesting. Um, says, be the first to comment. Well, you just, I don't know what to tell you, Barbara. I can't control Facebook. Those guys. Those guys. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm trying to cut back on coffee. It's not working. I don't know. What were you trying to accomplish? I was just trying to accomplish the delicious flavor of coffee. I, and mission accomplished on that. I wasn't looking for it to actually do anything for me. But uh, there you go. Okay, holy moly, got four lines on hold. I suppose uh, got a, I got a minute and a half here. I suppose I should get some names here, should we? Uh, we'll get started over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, this is Brady from Vegas. Hey, Brady, hold the line. You'll be right back. Uh, you'll be first up in the queue. Don't go anywhere. We'll go to number two. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Michael. This is Larry. In uh, North Pole, Fairbanks. Area. Hey, Larry, hold the line, Larry. You'll be number two in the queue. Let's go to the third one. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Greg from North Pole. Hello, hello, Greg. Hold the line. You are three in the tree. Uh, don't uh, go anywhere. Um, um, whoops. 
Let me try that again. Uh, I'm sorry. You're from Greg from North Pole, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't hit the I didn't hit the enter button, so your name didn't change. I just want to make sure that I remember it. We start to get four down into the queue, and I start to lose my mind. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This Alan from Anchor Point. Hello, Alan in AP. Hold the line, my friend. We will be right back to you. Uh, you are fourth in line, but we'll try and make it quick to get down to you on that. All right, so four lines on hold. We're going to uh, we're going to continue on with that. We're thirty seconds out. Do me a favor, like and share the show. Hey, if you're not a member of the Common Sense Corps, would you go over and take a look at it and consider supporting the show? Just go to patreon.com slash Show, or you can go to michaeldukeshow.com and click on the Join the Corps banner. It'll take you there. It helps support the show. Yeah. You'll get get lots of help uh, and lots of cool stuff for doing so. Um, All right. We're going to be back uh, here as we uh, continue. We're five seconds out. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing this morning. A little bit of stream of consciousness going on. Phone lines are open. And we've got four callers on the line right now. So let's uh, let's start off over there and see what the callers have to say, shall we? Over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, oh, boy, see us, Mike Brady from Las Vegas. Brady, what's happening, sir? Hey, um... I just saw some disturbing stuff. I know they're going after our guns and everything. They're trying to take it. They want to increase a thousand percent tax on the ARs and AKs. But one thing that's really bothering me about them coming for the guns, I just saw an article that they canceled a million acres of leases in Alaska for oil. Mm-hmm. And how did that know? How come nobody rise up and stop that in Alaska? How can they rise? How come they don't rise up and stop it in Alaska? Because. <laughs> It's, uh, I think people will say it's federal land. It's the federal government. They're doing what they're doing. Um, and that's why, I mean, you know, people can protest and they can squawk, but nobody's, uh, yeah, nobody, uh, I don't think anybody's rising up over that right now. I mean, I, 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 I'm looking all over. They're canceling all the, at the end of this month, all the offshore leases and drilling leases by Louisiana area and the Gulf there. Those are all canceled until the government comes up with a new, lease plan for them and that's not going to happen until next year so you got million acres of lease land closed in alaska you got offshore drilling quit you got the end bridge shut down you got the keystone shut down and everybody's going along okay it's just the federal government we can't do nothing well mike i think it's time for the militia to rise up uh we're at that point and if we don't do it now look at our border here four hours away from where i'm at we got three million people to six million people crossing every year Oh, we're supposed to say that's okay because the federal government said that? And now, people, it's time to rise up. Join a militia. Let's go, people. All right. Well, Brady, I think that, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you're right. We're fighting it at every corner. The government is definitely overreached. Um, I don't know, you know, rather than say, you know, other than standing out and standing outside and, and protesting and doing anything else, I don't think we should be calling for anything else right now, but it is frustrating. Um, 
to, to say the least. This is kind of part of uh, what the president – I think this is a whole squeeze. This whole thing is a squeeze to try and, again, to force us onto renewables. That's what they want to do. Of course, renewables have their own costs, which is the one thing that they really never talk about. But I think this is a way to try and force us off the fossil fuels into the green plan. I think this is kind of – they're happy when these things are moving this direction. Thank you very much. Larry is in North Pole. Larry, what's on your mind? Hi, uh, Mike. Um, one of the guys at work was telling me about this uh, documentary. It's called 2,000 Mules. Right. And it's, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I um, am. Yeah, I am familiar with it. I've, I am familiar with it. It's Dinesh D'Souza's new movie about the election. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I'm going to try and get together with him and, and, and watch this thing. It's uh, from what he's talking about. that Everybody in the nation ought to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten quite a it, – it made quite a splash. There's been a lot of people talking about it, a lot of chatter about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, have, I personally have not seen it, uh, but I know a lot of people have and have talked about it uh, a lot. But it specifically outlines uh, the uh, – uh, you know the the what people think are it went wrong around the 2020 election and some of what they think was some of the illegal things that went wrong around the elections. So yeah, it's out there and in fact I think it's at 2000meals.com you can go watch it right now. Yep. All right. Well, I'll let you go and we'll uh talk at you later. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me actually push the right button because I know who it is. It's Greg in North Pole. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Michael. How you doing? Well, obviously, I haven't had uh, enough coffee Greg today. In North Pole. <laughs> What's going on? Oh. <laughs> um, I just uh, you were chopping about the graduation rate in the school and stuff. And uh, a former teacher uh, worked in the school district for over twenty years, and uh, that was from the late nineties to just uh, here recently, and uh, yeah, I've seen the decimation of the school system. Uh, my my two boys are both graduates of this of the Alaska school system. So is my wife, and um, and they're all doing well. But uh, in that twenty years, the just they gutted the entire uh, school system. Uh, they wanted to go virtual reality. And that's a cost-cutting thing. They can put a teacher's aide in four or five schools and have one teacher trying to teach to, you know, uh, up to two or 300 kids. And, uh, you know, the aide does not have the same authority as a teacher in the schoolroom. And it's just, it, it, yeah, it's just pathetic. Uh, so uh, not happy about that. The other thing, you know, you were talking about graduation rate, and, uh, right. and not to condone anything, but one of the things I do know is that because we have so many military in the area, mm -hmm. you know, if they start out in the school school system, uh, and then they move during the school year, that actually counts against uh, that graduation rate. So, like I said, I'm not condoning it. But but there are some anomalies that uh, well, but that ha but that happens in other areas too, though, right, Greg? I mean, other areas with military bases. Well, military I schools. but I but I don't I, I don't think uh, because we have you know I mean when you look at the the demographics here, 
we have a very large military population, uh, you know, it, especially like in the Fairbanks and the Anchorage area. So that does affect uh, the demographics a little more than than it would, you know, like say Little Rock, Arkansas. Sure. You know, where there's there's one. Well, uh, but military I guess base I guess what I'm saying is it's frac- it's still fractional I, with a 24 with a 24 percent flunk out rate. You know, with only a 74 76 percent graduation right. rate. That's Good. still not something to brag about, right? No, no, and that's and that's one of the things that it's just. I mean, when I like I said when I started, I was teaching. Um, we were in the top five in the nation, and thank you. And now here we are at the bottom of the barrel. Right, exactly. I mean, even the three that even the three out of four that graduate are still scraping the bottle of the barrels, scholastically or aptitude wise. So yeah, we're it ain't doing a good job. I think my whole point was basically to say, is this what you want? Do you want the DMV post office model to raise your children? The answer to that should be probably no. Oh. Oh, hell no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep. All right. Well, Greg, thank you for calling right. in. Appreciate it from North Pole. Uh, we're all the way down now to Alan in Anchor Point. Alan, what is uh, on your mind, sir? Morning, Mike. Um, hey, I heard this morning that the Biden administration is appealing to the oil companies to uh, <laughs> uh, produce more gas. Yeah. After, you know, the first the first thing they did when they got into office there was declare war on them. And um, I, I thought oil was a global commodity and there was nothing you could do about the price. And I was wondering if you could try to get a spokesman from the gas and oil industry to kind of come on and explain their their side of the story. I would be really interested to uh, hear what they had to say about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. No, we could do that. In fact, we've been talking with um, um, uh, Whitbeck, Rick Whitbeck, uh, about that. He's a spokesperson for the uh, – uh, he's a spokesperson for them. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the fact that the press secretary for the president also called on the oil companies to please, please, please reduce their prices and eat some of their profits on this because it's for the good of the American people. <laughs> yeah, and and what does that do to the uh, the people that invest in the oil companies if uh, if the oil companies are going to take a loss? Or, you know, diminish their own profits voluntarily. Well, exactly. I mean, this is after, of course, um, <clears throat> this is after, of course, uh, all the shutdowns and everything else. I mean, some of the things that previous callers were just talking about, you know, shutting down pipelines, killing oil leases, uh, reducing any kind yeah. of expansion and drilling and everything else. And now they're like, hey, could you please reduce your prices? And you guys are the ones that are regulating this whole industry. You guys are the ones that are regulating whether or not we can go get new supply and new demand. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and I got, I couldn't quite figure out whether they were asking or demanding well, it was a little little big. I think you probably could. Uh, I think you probably could. Uh, uh, you know, read between the lines on that. Is asking not demanding from the federal government? I mean, isn't that what it is? Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I would. I would really be interested in in hearing their side of the story because uh, you know, there's it's a lot more involved than than just you know, uh, it's not as as cut and dried as as. It, could be. So I'd love to hear their side of the story. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in this morning. I appreciate you uh, being part of it. Thank you. 
All right, folks, that leaves uh, all the lines open now as we continue. We're running right up against the top of the hour, though, so we will uh, continue to take some more calls and talk with you here on the uh, other side of the break. And we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see what you guys have to say on the other side. I still haven't gotten to the election results. I guess we should do that right at the top of the hour. Um, and we'll uh, we'll continue with that as well. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Please uh, come on back after the break, and we'll have more good stuff. Coming up tomorrow, Robbie So from Reason Magazine, Chris Chang, and Willie Waffle. Look forward to that as well. Hour 2, dead ahead, The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay, I was looking for this tweet from uh, Stephen Hunter, he uh, or Stephen Miller rather. He had a uh, he had a tweet that um, uh, that was that was hitting hard on the uh, that was hitting hard on that uh, press secretary. At, oh, there we go. Um, um, we have done our part, says the press secretary. We need oil refineries to act. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I mean, what? You, we've done our part. We have shut down everything else and all other opportunities, and we haven't put a new we haven't put a new refinery in the United States in years. We've done our part. Now we need oil refineries to act. Uh, what? <laughs> the White House press secretary now saying we are calling on oil companies to lower prices and do the right things. <laughs> what? You, you guys create the problem and they want oil companies to be patriots and lower the gas price. You you want what? I mean I, I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not making this up. We are, we are calling on them to do the right thing, to be patriots here, uh, and not to use the war uh, as an excuse or as a, as a reason uh, to, not put, to not put out a production, not, to not do the capacity that is needed out there uh, so, that the prices can, so that the prices can come down. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, right. What, what she said. <laughs> oh my god the irony of this is so thick you could cut it with a knife uh we need nuclear power yeah i would say yeah that's probably a good call um uh it's because when you send your kids to school to learn uh, to read and write and do arithmetic they're learning about pronouns and what kind of sexual identity their teacher is says jonathan again th that's reason number is 812 why I homeschool my kids. Uh, Corky says, even with more oil, there's a refinery problem because of the government. Again, because the government has not approved a new refinery to be built for years. There was only 11 refineries in the United States back when, remember when MAPCO was 
um, Flint Hills, whatever you wanted to call it, the refinery in Fairbanks was running. Um, that was only one of 11 refineries in the United States. And it's, uh, I don't think that they've built another one since. So, yeah, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> Donna's got the face palm going on. Um, their new gal is very diverse. Yeah, you called her gal, man. Oof, why do you hate women? Um, I can't see any comments either, but the budget was transmitted to the governor yesterday, says Angie. Yeah, I expect that the governor will probably be making a statement today or tomorrow with the cuts and everything else in there. Alaska needs a refinery. It needs to let its citizens have a local discount. Um, well, if it's made by the government, the you could say it'd be a local. Otherwise, if it's a private entity, you don't have to give them a local discount. Um Oil refineries are producing as much fuel as possible. Adding more oil does nothing. They control the far carbon footprint from their side. No matter how much we consume, our carbon footprint is set at 20 million barrels daily of carbon equivalent, says Jimmy. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Uh, don't worry. We're gonna take care. We're gonna take care of you on this. I gotta close Twitter because that'll just send me that'll just send me spinning off into the thing. Um federal government gets stupider and stupider. Is that even possible at this point? Is that even possible? Uh, Angie also saying that she can't see the comments. I don't know if Barbara saw if the comments came back or not. Um, but uh, <clears throat> if you're having a hard time, I would recommend reloading the show. I am still seeing all the comments, so I don't know what's, uh, what's going on there. Okay. Uh, Herder, oh, Herder also says his comments are not working right either. I don't know, man. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, if you have an iPhone, slide to the left or down at the bottom. But she said it says be the first to comment. I don't know. No. Limited number of comments and I reloaded twice. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Trump will be here in June. Okay. I'm as excited as I can be. This is my excited face. Uh, man, public schools and all the trans stuff is hella good for math. If non-binary elder identifies as X, but the male chromosomes female is triggered by Y, then what's the sum value of the Twitter backlash? That is some 4D map, math right there. <laughs> that is some 4D math. Funny that they are using coal to fuel power plants to charge the electric cars up. Did you see that the other day? Did you see that interview where they where Chevy was rolling out their new electric cars or whatever? And some reporter says, so where are you guys charging these cars? And she's like, right here. He says, but from what power source? And she goes, oh, whatever it was, Illinois Light and Power. And he goes, well, what is their source of fuel? And she goes, I'm not sure. And there was a guy there from the, from the power company who said, oh, yeah, that's 90% coal. So all these electric cars are being fueled by 90% coal power. It is <clears throat> not to mention the crushing cost of creating lithium batteries and and the uh, you know the solar equivalents and I mean there is a cost to those things but nobody wants to talk about it. Green energy, it's so green. There's a cost to all of this. <laughs> all right, here we go.
Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah. Across the world on the interwebs and uh, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station. You are listening to your favorite radio station right now, right? I mean, I'm on it, so it must be your favorite radio station <laughs> and or translator. It's a... Good morning and welcome to the Michael Dukes Show, Thursday edition of the show. Uh, and sorry if we see we're... we're uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm having fun this morning. Uh, We were just talking in hour one. uh, You know, I was supposed to have some guests on today and everything kind of fell apart. And I'll be honest with you, I just didn't. uh, By the time everything fell apart late last night, I was beat. I was flat out beat. So I didn't plan a show or do anything today. I just pulled up some headlines and uh, started talking about some of the stuff that's in the headlines. And uh, I was going for what I called my stream of consciousness show. We're just talking about whatever. And we also opened up the phone lines at 907-433-3150. So if you want to call in this morning and talk about anything that you want to talk about, we are happy to do so. We'll uh, we'll do that. Um, and... Uh, and thanks to our friends at Satellite West for sponsoring the uh, phone phone lines as well uh, at uh, SatelliteWest.com. Yes, off-the-cuff day, stream of consciousness, whatever it is we want to talk about. Now, we haven't gotten to the... Uh we haven't got to the vote count, which was announced yesterday. They did they did more counting. They counted thirty thousand more ballots. Um, it's uh, it's so it's it's fun. It's uh, we're going to get to that in a second because uh, I teased it all last hour and we never got to it because we got to phone calls and everything. But since somebody called in here right at the top of the hour, we will take that phone call first before we get into election results. That'll be next. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike, Greg and Homer. Hello, Greg and Homer. What's happening, my friend? Oh, it's a beautiful day down here. No clouds. And uh, so the sun's coming up. Water looks to be flat calm. Yeah, it's a good day. Thanks for teasing me, man. I really, you know, you know how that, you know what that does to me. You know what that does to me. It, it, what are friends for? I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what's on your mind, brother? So the, this, the green energy thing, uh, you know, I don't see the electric car flying real well in Alaska, but my question is, when these lithium batteries die out and they go to dispose of them, where do they go? How do we get rid of them? Yeah, no, that's a good Because yeah. they're highly polluting. I mean, they're bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, you expose a lit- you break a lithium battery open and expose it to air, it catches on fire. Can't shoot water on it. Yeah. Makes it worse. Yeah. Um, you know, so, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, they come up with a plan, you think, maybe to like load them on rockets and shoot them at the sun? or? Well, I mean, th- that's my question. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, that's, that's the question uh, for, you know, for electric cars. 
you know, what, what is the, you know, what is the, uh, what happens to them? Um, and that's something that people right. really haven't considered. I mean, when, you know, what, <sighs> this is the whole thing. This is what gets me. Everybody touts green energy as, uh, you know, the wave of the future and it'll basically be free and everything else. But, you know, you look at the life cycle of a solar panel, for example, and the cost of energy that it takes to create a solar panel. If you actually figure that into the lifespan and the actual highest potential, uh, you know, electricity that these panels can create, a lot of times it's almost a wash. It's almost, you know, what it takes to make one is what they'll draw in in the in the in the in their life. Uh, now technology is improving and everything, but now you bring up a second point. Sure, what happens to all the lithium batteries? Sooner or later, they're all going to have to be dismantled and recycled. But wh where what where do they go? How do they do? Um, you know, they don't they don't break it down into unicorn dust and and uh, you know and and fairy wings. It's it's you know it's bad it's bad stuff. So yeah, it's a great question, and I do I do love your comment about electric. Uh, you know, not flying in Alaska. I had a friend who uh, used to help me when I I would do a I had the this show was broadcast in Fairbanks on TV for a while, um, and he was the guy that helped me put all that together and do all that. And he was an electric car enthusiast. He did it just because he enjoyed it. So he was converting Subarus to electric motors and stuff. But he said that was the problem. I mean, first of all, at 40 below, your electric engine isn't creating any heat. So you have to have a separate electric heater, which drains your battery even more. And he was talking about, yeah, I mean, you know, he'd get ranges of maybe 90 miles or something like that. I mean, when it's super cold, that stuff just doesn't work as well as it's supposed to. Alaska is definitely not the ideal climate for your electric car. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was kind of my, uh, the, that's the, the, the question about the battery disposal. Yeah. I've been trying to figure this out for months. How do you get rid of the dang thing? Yeah. So anyway, that's my, that's my morning, my morning comment. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Greg. <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for sounding off. And it's always good to hear from you. And uh, always thanks for teasing me about not being down at Homer right now. I appreciate that. Um. All right. So, I mean, it's a it's a valid question. And I could see that just by Googling it, that there's a half a dozen articles in just the last six months alone asking the same question. What happens to all the batteries when they when they wear out? What do we do then? Uh, maybe we should get an expert on to talk about that. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get over to the um, <clears throat> let's get over to the election results since we had a new batch of results come out yesterday. And um, they officially counted uh, an, almost another 30,000 ballots. By Wednesday evening, they had counted 134,179 ballots out of 587,000 ballots sent out. Now, as I said earlier, they were expecting somewhere between 140 and 160,000 ballots. So we're still we still got about another 25, 30,000 ballots hanging out there that they're expected to come. I mean, there was 500,000 ballots out there, but from what they're expecting to return. Um, and quite honestly, there was very little change in this uh, whole scenario. Uh, Sarah Palin did lose about a point uh, on her uh, uh, on her standing. Um, down to 28.19% of those votes. Uh, but Mary Peltola was the one that seemed to pick up that same percentage point. So Mary Peltola went up about a point, point and a half as well. 
Uh, Nick Begich remaining relatively unchanged at 19%. Al Gross still at about 12.73%. Tara Sweeney actually losing a little bit of ground on that. Um, but uh, the top four still right now, Sarah Palin, Nick Begich, Al Gross, and Mary Peltola. Uh, and so nothing else changes out there. Again, I'm still tickled by the race for, mm, let me check my notes. Oh, ninth place between John Coghill and Josh Rivak. That's <laughs> in ninth, ninth place down there. They're duking it out down there for ninth place. Josh Coghill, John Rivak, only 100 votes separating the two of them. So good job, guys. Good, good job. Um. And uh, so it's interesting. They're going to continue to count today, and they're going to continue to count on Friday, um, uh, Friday specifically. And the goal is to certify the election's results by Saturday, June 25th. And uh, it's uh, there you go. Um, it's a it, it is what it is. Uh, those top four candidates are going to proceed to the August special general election, which will take place on exactly the same day as um, uh, exactly the same day as the special or the regular primary. So um, it's uh, it's interesting uh, that that uh, that that is that is the case. Uh, but that's exactly where we're going to be at. Um, David just said data on must read this morning shows that the latest ballot batch went 23%. This is the breakdown. Uh, I'm looking, um, link me that, link me that so that I make sure that I'm, I'm talking about the right thing there, David, if you can. Uh, but I will, uh, I will, uh, oh, here it is. I got it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, here is the breakdown of the, uh, here is the breakdown over the ballot count. That the latest batch of ballots, uh, not not the overall batch, not the overall count, but that the latest batch of ballots uh, went uh, 21.35 percent uh, voted for Palin, eighteen point nine seven percent voted for Beggage, fourteen point nine five percent voted for Peltola, and thirteen point eight one percent voted for. Al Gross. Um, so that's that's interesting because again it breaks down uh, exactly, and you see that Peltola, that's where she got her gain, and Palin had her drop, was in that overall breakdown. Uh, now the one thing that they have said is that the a large remainder of the ballots that are remaining are coming from the Anchorage area. So I don't know, and since Anchorage is historically more blue, I don't know how they're going to do. What is also interesting in this race is that the Democrats' chosen warrior, the Democrats' chosen candidate, Chris Constant, um, is down in eighth position. He he didn't even... You got Mary Peltola and Al Gross. Mary Peltola is a registered Democrat. Al Gross ran as a non-declared, non-partisan, independent Al Gross doctor, bear doctor, uh, is running... Uh, as an in as a non, but again, oh, this is going to get interesting. This is going to get real interesting, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, 
looking forward to see where this is. But this also led to that question that I was mentioning earlier, that there are Democrats now who are outraged, outraged, I say, furious over the fact that there has been a rejection rate of the ballots in the Bush areas uh, that have been significantly higher than in the past. In fact, in the Bethel Lower Kuskokwim, 17.4% of all the ballots had been rejected. In the Bering Straits, Yukon Delta, 15% were rejected. In the Mountain View neighborhood of Anchorage, 9% were rejected. To which all I could think of when I read that was, be careful what you wish for. Be careful. Because when you... When you you guys wanted the all mail in voting system, and uh, apparently people can't follow instructions or rules. I mean, there's no there's no comment yet on exactly why the ballots have been rejected. They've just been rejected according to the uh, uh, according to the Division of Elections, um, and they the, you know they want to see what happens. There is no curing process in the city of Anchorage, the municipality of Anchorage. There is a curing process. If your ballot is rejected, they contact you and they give you an attempt to cure the ballot so that if there's a clerical, you know, something wrong, you didn't cross a T or dot an I or whatever. But in the state of Alaska, there is no curing of those ballots. They are simply rejected and out the board. But this is what happens. Just, you know, this is what you get, apparently. This is what you get. These numbers, said Senate Minority Leader Tom Begich, if verified, mean Alaska Natives and other minorities and residents from less affluent areas have been denied their right to vote. Vote by mail works, but only if implemented so that all citizens have a chance for their vote to be counted. Well, but there's got to be some rules. (laughs) And if you can't follow the rules, then this is what, man, wait until August. You just wait until August when they have the jungle primary and rank choice on the same ballots on the same day. People will be so confused. It's, I mean, it's, I can't wait. I just can't, can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Tyler in the chat room just said, I never even got a ballot to my box. Already shows how broken it is from the start. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, folks, we're out of time. we got more coming up. Uh, We'll continue. Phone lines are open. Plus, plus, we're going to talk about a couple other things, including some of the other folks out there, former candidates and more. Peter Machicki, Click Bishop. We'll also talk about the uh, David Grunewald sentencing yesterday and how that went the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. My mom didn't get a ballot, but I got one, and I registered to vote in Florida last fall. (laughs) Says Jeff. Jerica. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Um, Jimmy says his father-in-law volunteers for voting for his district in Anchorage and said it's a mess. I, You know, I can't wait, Jimmy. August is going to be a total poo parade. 
I mean, just like, yeah. Um, I didn't receive a ballot by mail either, so I went and voted in person. I know several people who did that for that exact reason. David says, last night I spoke on the phone with Truman Reed, Nick's campaign manager. He feels extremely confident about Nick's second place showing. When it comes time for the other voters to rank their choices in the general, there's a higher likelihood they'll pick Nick over Sarah, he feels. And, you know, again, I think that was what Dr. Fred uh, Van Menicom said on the program is that there is this strategy to get number t- to get, you know, more number two votes, because if it goes beyond the first round, generally, whoever was number two in the first round ends up taking it. So that's interesting. Um, I, I think that's that's very interesting. Myers and What's-Her-Name are to blame for this poo show. Um, well, I would say that uh, Kevin Myers and Gail Fanumiai are definitely, I mean, why they didn't immediately start an educational campaign on how the voting system is going to work uh, that was multi-channel, you know, internet TV, radio, why they didn't spend some money to do that, I don't know. I have no idea. But really, the ultimate blame is going to go to the ultimate blame is going to go to the people who passed and and promulgated ballot measure number two. I, I think that's that's first and foremost. Uh, Sean says uh, number one is usually the most polarizing. Yeah, it, it usually is. That's what von Benicom was talking about in the first round. That's why you almost never see the people who get picked in the when when they do these rank choicing things. The person who comes away number one the first time almost always loses. Because they are the most polarizing in their look. It's the it's the middle of the road. That's what ranked choice pushes is more middle of the road. Um <laughs> uh, Jimmy's bragging about how he's making money on the election. Hey, I work in radio. You know, we make some money on the election too. But boy, is it a headache. Oh man. I mean, we. I like the money. Don't get me wrong. I like the. I like the dollars for the election time. But oh man. Um. Oh, what was Chris Buy's new number? I wanted to see that. Oh, he still. Oh, he came up. A, he came up a tenth of a percentage point. No, a hundredth of a percentage point. Point six three. I mean, I voted for Chris Buy. I like Chris. Um. But. Yeah, just not enough, not enough horsepower to get in on there. But don't stop. Don't stop, Chris. Do not, do not stop. Um, let's see. Uh, Beggage's business partners, his libtard relatives, is what bothers me. Corky, you can't choose who your relatives are. And I know a lot of people have had a problem with, you know, oh, we can't do. But as I said yesterday, there's a huge difference between Teddy Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt, right? They're all Roosevelts, but there's a real difference in who they are and how they governed and what their what their ideology was. So don't blame somebody because of their last name. Um, I've talked to Nick several times, uh, both on the air and off the air. Uh, I mean, he comes from a uh, he comes from a you know his father was a libertarian, his mother was a was a Republican. He is uh, I think split the baby on that and come where somewhere in between the two. And I think that um, he is a solid choice. If you want to choose him, he's a solid choice. Like I said, I would be happy if Baggage was in Congress or if Palin was in Congress. I'm fine with that. Um, Al Gross, no. Uh, Peltola, eh, I mean, you know. But I would rather have, if I had to rank it right now, it would probably be, if I was ranked choice voting right now, 
uh, with the top four as they sit right now, uh, I would probably do Baggage, Palin, Peltola, and then Gross. That's that's just the way that I would do it personally. But um, so is Libertarian just someone afraid of being called a conservative? Mm, no, I mean, because I am a conservative libertarian, so I don't know exactly how you would take that from it. But uh, anyway, let's go. We got to jump into this. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Let's do it. All right. Um, welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Thanks uh, for uh, being part of it today. Uh, we are continuing ahead. Open line, open form. Uh, kind of, a, we were calling it the stream of consciousness show. The stream of consciousness show. Um, let's uh, let's uh, see what you guys have to say. We have got the phone lines open. Uh, powered by our friends at Satellite West. You can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com. 907-433-3150. What are some of the other stories that are going on out there? Um, a couple interesting ones. First and foremost, um, I watched a portion of the sentencing hearing yesterday uh, for the final two uh, culprits in the David Grunewald murder. Uh, Eric Almendinger uh, was uh, was uh, seen in court yesterday, um, and the proceedings for him and for uh, Eric, uh, excuse me, for uh, Bradley Renfro were previously delayed. Now they're saying, even though they got through the the hearing yesterday, they could be delayed even further because Almendinger apparently wants to testify in front of the Grunwald family, supposedly to take. Uh, take ownership of it. That's what his public his public defender said to take ownership of it. I mean, in, in this whole show, I watched a bit of it yesterday, and all I could think of was: there are they trying to to, to humanize this kid who decided that it was okay to kill another kid? Um, you know, this teen who shot another teen, and trying to humanize him on it that he, I don't know. It was it was so frustrating to watch. Um, but now they said that he wants to testify, um, too, but, um, later in the afternoon during questioning of a psychiatric expert witness and McBride, the public defender alluded that, uh, that apparently he wanted to tell the court that, uh, that, uh, Barrett, who's one of the other defendants wanted to tell the court that he was the one that shot Grunewald, not Almondinger. The problem is, and Edie's quoted in this article as saying, it, it, at this point, what does it matter? It doesn't change the doesn't change the facts. Doesn't change the facts that he was there, part of it. He was there as part of that crew. So Almondinger's hearing was scheduled through Friday of this week, but the court system has updated its website to reflect that the Thursday and Friday hearings have now been reset to August eighth and tenth. I mean, this is six years after the murders. I mean, I understand COVID and all that other kind of crap, but I mean, six years. It's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. 
So it's Austin Barrett. Yeah, they wanted to testify. I'm sorry that I apologize. I I got uh, I got mixed up there, but um, that Barrett is uh, going to testify to the Grunewald family. So Austin Barrett, he accepted a plea deal, and uh, and which again, no honor among thieves. He accepted a plea deal and throws everybody else under the bus. But now because he's covered by the plea deal, now he'll say that he was the one that shot the. It doesn't matter. You guys were all wrong. And you all got you guys all deserve to be buried under the jail. I mean, put under the jail. I mean, put in jail. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. It's great. Why is it taking six years? Six years. The wheels of justice turn excruciatingly slowly. That's what it all comes down to when it's all uh, said and done. Um, what were the other two? Th- oh, uh, this was interesting. You know, you can tell. Um, you could tell who people are by the friends they keep and the people they associate with. Uh, I ended up with a flyer uh, from one of Click Bishop's fundraisers. Click Bishop up in Fairbanks, you know. Uh, it's going on today. And uh, and and it, this is a, well, baby, this is an interesting uh, list of, interesting list of folks. For those of you who are paying attention at home, an interesting list of folks that are going to be uh, uh, that are going to be supporting Click Bishop. Uh, now, I know some of you are like, "Well, he's the Republican candidate," except for that he was censured by his own district, which apparently made him mad. I got word that the day that it came down, he was around the office kicking stuff. Um, but uh, you know, look at some of the names that are on this: Vince Beltrami. Oh, yeah, that's a big sport there. John Coghill. Oh, Jeff Cook. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Joel Hall. Okay. Jim Jansen. Uh, <laughs> Scott Kendall. Bart LeBon. Sarah Lefevre. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going down some of the lists here. Like, what? What? Jim Sampson. These are people that, uh, you know, support Click Bishop. And, of course... Uh, uh, oh, Natasha von Imhoff, of course. Eileen Van Wy, who is Lisa Murkowski's sister. Um, I start looking through these. I start looking through these names, and I'm like, man, just look at the. This is Union Strong. This whole thing is nothing but Union Strong. We've got to keep him in there because he's the. <clears throat> All you have to know is who the people are that are supporting him, and make your choice from there. This is the epitome of the business-as-usual crowd in many ways and the pro-government spend crowd because of all the union connections. Uh, you know, you want to talk about business-as-usual, folks who have who are okay with things continuing just the way that they are, you know, Gary and Sue Wilkin, again, uh, uh, you know, Bart LeBon, uh, 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 Scott Kendall, uh, McHugh Pierre, who's a hell of a nice guy, but business as usual, that's important. I mean, you could just go down this list and look at the people. John Coghill, Jeff Cook, John Cook. Um, yeah, that's all, that's all we needed to know. You would hand this to somebody and say, these are the people that support this guy. Do you support this guy? My immediate reaction would be, uh, no, no. Even if I knew nothing else about him, No. No, no, no. I'm sure he's a hell of a nice guy. But uh, the time has come for fresh new blood. And uh, 
<laughs> Maybe they just give Elijah Verhagen a good chance to uh, to do it. Yeah, when I see Vince Beltrami as a you know that anytime you see Vince Beltrami and Joel Hall at the top of a list, that's part of the problem, right there. And then you got Jim Jansen and everything else on, on that as well. So anyway, this list is floating around. They're going to have a fundraiser today, but these are all the people that are supporting him. So uh, we'll see what happens. Elijah Verhagen is going to be probably the candidate that has the biggest chance to uh, to take click out. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I just found that interesting that that floated across my floated across my electronic transom yesterday, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you know. Um. All right. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, it was an article in Must Read, and this is kind of like a little throwaway article, like three paragraphs that talked about. This is so classic, so so classic. Uh, the article reads: Road Warrior, Road Warrior, Senator Peter Machicki spotted in Nikiski measuring ruts in the road. Uh, okay. Uh, Senator Machicki was on South Miller Loop on his hands and knees measuring the ruts in the roads on Wednesday morning after appearing on the Must Read Alaska show. He's going to make a case to the Department of Transportation to do some repairs on the road before winter. Nikiski, on the Kenai Peninsula, has a lot of bad roads, but those living in the South Miller Loop road area say it's a death trap. Machiki has received a complaint from someone in Nikiski and so went out to see the problem with his own eyes and took a measuring tape. Last week, Machiki posted on Facebook that if DOT didn't remove derelict cars from the side of the Seward Highway, he was going to go out there and haul them away himself. The cars were removed within 24 hours, and Machiki posted his profuse thanks to the DOT on Facebook. The final sentence. Here's the final sentence. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time. He's not in campaign mode. Machiki's not running for re-election to the Alaska Senate. <laughs> but he is running for, but he is running for election. He is running for election as the Kenai mayor. <laughs> I mean, that's the rumor, right? I mean, that's the scuttlebutt, is that he's running, he's gonna be running for Kenai mayor. And so the the you know, the disclaimer is he's not in campaign mode. Let me show you what I'm doing. He's got a, got a picture. They literally have a picture of Peter Machicki down on his hands and knees in the middle of the road, uh, you know, measuring the measuring the, the 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 cracks in the road. I mean, that's actually what they have. He's down there measuring the cracks in the road. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh my god. But don't worry. He's not in he he's not in campaign mode. He's running for re-election to the Senate. Well, okay. He's not running for re-election to the Senate. And yeah, I mean I I was seeing those posts on my Facebook page of Peter Machicki on Facebook talking all about how he was, you know, out there trying to get those cars towed and everything and I thought this is the most action that I've seen out of him in two years on Facebook. What what the heck is going on? Um, you know, and then I realized that it was all a, you know, is it just me or is it just hyper transparent? Um, yeah, I mean, that is that is that what is it me or is it just hyper transparent that this is obviously a way to show look at what I did. 
And yes, no, it's Kenai Borough Mayor. He the the, the scuttlebutt is is he's going to run for Kenai Borough Mayor. So, sorry, I didn't mean to get all, but I mean that's. Let me take some pictures of myself out here in the middle of the road. I'm going to be on my hands and knees with a tape measure, and I'm measuring these. Look at me. I'm doing it for science. I'm not doing it for any kind of camp. I'm not campaigning. I'm not campaigning. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, okay. That's good. That's good. I mean, you know, more power to him, more power to him if he wants to, to do that. And you know what? I guess even if it is a political stunt, at least if it gets the roads cleared of junker cars and gets the ruts in the road fixed, then I guess I'm happy about it. But I just had to laugh that that throwaway sentence at the end is that he's not in campaign mode. Hmm. Really? Uh, I mean, you know, because from all external, it sure looks like that it's campaign mode. I'm just saying. It just, you know, if it smells like campaign mode and it quacks like campaign bone, it might be campaign mode. I'm just saying that for a friend. All right. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had to laugh so hard because of this picture and, and the whole setup of this article. All right. One final segment is coming up. Uh, We're going to jump into this here in just a second. And we will continue. And uh, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thing and radio. Phone lines are open at 433-3150. When we get back, we're going to talk about this rash of apparent food production facility fires and things like that there was a discussion about earlier this week and i said i was going to look into it and i'm going to talk a little bit about it when i come back common sense liberty based free thinking radio our light our guide our trusted friend. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I did. I lost it there for a minute because I. I mean, I'm literally. I mean, he's not in campaign mode. He's not running for re-election in the Alaska Senate. Has says nothing about wanting to run for election in the uh, as mayor. Is this part of that high-profile thing that we're talking about? I I don't know, and maybe not. I maybe I'm being unfair. I might be being unfair because I'm still a little chapped about the whole situation with the Senate. But I don't know. I mean. I guess my question is, who took a picture of him in the middle of the road? I mean, did he, did you bring along somebody with you to say, take a picture of me doing this? Or did somebody just, you know, was a, a passing passerby? I don't know. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm being unfair. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, man. Donna Anthony. I just got out of Facebook jail for a comment on your show. Really? 
Well, don't repeat what the comment was, but now I'm curious as to what the comment was that got you ejected from Facebook on the show. I didn't get a notification. I guess luckily they don't hold me accountable for some of the comments from the listeners because I'm sure some of the stuff would have get. I mean, I had, I finally had to block somebody that was putting up some crazy stuff. But, I mean, yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm interested. You'll have to send me an email, Donna, and tell me exactly what you said to get put in Facebook jail because that just doesn't seem right. That don't seem right. Um... Um, uh, so what's wrong with you, Michael? I don't know. What was wrong with me? What, what, what did I say that made you say what's wrong with me? I don't know, Harold. What's wrong with me? Hey, I'm me. What, what else do you need to know? Um, oh, he always wants to show you what he's doing. Um, can you imagine him out there on his hands and knees with a measuring tape? I don't have to imagine. There's a freaking picture of it right there. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> I, just right there. It's all. I'm, look at me. I'm hard at work out here. I've got a tape measure in my cell phone, and I'm going to fix this. We're going to make this happen. Don't worry about it. I got my tape measure. Oh, and I had all these other cars pulled as well, so it's all good. Don't uh, Don't worry about it. But I'm not running for anything. Not right now. No. <laughs> oh. <sighs> um, anyway, it's uh it's good stuff. Um <clears throat> uh we can cannot comment on Donna's comment. Facebook won't link the thread. Can't comment on Donna's comment. Okay. Uh, um, um, sure. Okay. Uh, all right. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Somebody's messaging me in the middle of the show while I'm trying to do, uh, her comments won't load. Uh, Donna, Donna, Donna. Oh, did I just see that in the unified chat? Does nobody else see Donna's comments? Is she on temporary timeout? Uh, was I the only one that could see her comment about uh, just getting out of Facebook jail for a comment on the show? It's I'm just, you know, because now I've, I've got the Facebook window over here and it's not in there. I can see it in the one window, but not in the other. Are they hiding it from you? Are they hiding it? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll be totally transparent and above board on this. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, you got to laugh at this, folks, because otherwise I will weep uncontrollably. I will weep uncontrollably if that's the case. I I will. That's just kind of where we're at these days, right? That's kind of where we're at these days. All right. So Donna just. Uh, uh, oh, dang. Uh, she made a comment on uh, the uh, she made a public about she made a comment about the Grunwald case and it referenced something she was she made a very strident comment and she got a 24-hour restricted thing bam like on like in real time boom here you go wow <clears throat> mm. well that's an interesting uh 
That's an interesting uh, uh, reaction. Thank you, Donna. She said, I was shocked. I just made that comment um, in the reference to the Grunwald case, which I'm not going to say the comment because I don't want to have the whole show shut down in one second. But because apparently they're doing that stuff in real time. It was the old way of dealing with Horthseeve, says Greg. Yep, that pretty much covers it up. And that means it's time to jump back into it. Shall we go? Shall we get ready? Let's get this thing done. The Michael Duke show. I don't know how I'm going to hold it together for the next 15 minutes, but we're going to do it. Call me up. Let's talk. Let's talk. All right. <laughs> this show has gone off the rails today. This is what happens when you don't plan things out and you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You find something that just tickles the hell out of you and you can't stop laughing about it. Um, all right. Welcome back to the show. Um, <laughs> everybody, everybody in the chat room is laughing. Uh, laughter, my friends, is the best medicine. It is the best medicine. So, uh, uh, yeah, if you want to, and we're just talking about Facebook is out there murdering my, my commenters. Somebody made a comment about something and immediately got a 24 hour, like immediate ban on it. Uh, so it's interesting to watch this stuff happen in real time. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, all right. I want to get, I've got a caller. Don't, don't go anywhere, caller. I'm going to get to you, but let me just quickly comment on this. Uh, cause I was talking about this earlier today. Earlier this week, somebody in the chat room, I think it was Kelly Nash, posted a list of um, food uh, uh, manufacturing plants. There's There's been this story going around that, oh, part of the big thing that maybe they're trying to create a food crisis and that there's some skullduggery around and some, some you know, I don't know, some conspiracy to reduce the food supply. And so they posted a list of 65 facilities that have had um, – fires or, you know, one of them, a plane flew into them or whatever. And, uh, you know, over since March of last year to today, or so from March to March, I guess it wasn't from today. It was March to March, 65 facilities that had their facilities burned, exploded, destroyed. You know, that was the thing. And I was looking at this and I was like, okay, I, you know, for, and, and nobody could give me the sourcing of it, the veracity of it. So I started looking around um, and I uh, started looking at each instance of this because the, it lists the, you know, it lists the, um, uh, the location and what the plant was that supposedly was destroyed. Uh, the Monmouth Smithfield food pork processing plant in Monmouth, wherever Monmouth is, I can't remember now. Uh, the Memphis Kellogg plant. Uh, was another one that had a fire. And so I'm like, okay, I said I was going to go ahead and um, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to uh, research some of these and I'll get back to you on it. So I did. I spent about an hour, uh, hour and a half going through some of these names, Googling the, you know, where the company is, where the location is and everything else. And it's kind of interesting because it's not untrue that these places had fires or explosions or something going on. 
but it's the stringing them all together and saying that it's a conspiracy. Now, I'm going to rate this as basically saying, I don't believe that this is some kind of big conspiracy to go through there. Because what I was able to do is I found an industry, um, I found an industry um, trade magazine. What, what do they call it? Trade, a tra- industry group, industry group, trade group for the industry called Powder, Bulks, and Solids. Uh, Powder and Bulk and Solids is um, is an industry trade group for manufacturing and things like that, and they actually have a safety and compliance listing of stories of things that explode and things that go bad all over the country. Um, And so I was able to use them to go back and look through some of these things and actually link to some of the original stories. It was a pretty, it was a nice shortcut when I found it. Um, And uh, the, the thing is, is that the rate of, and here's the thing, hardly any of these plants were completely destroyed. Many of these places, it was a smaller, sometimes a big small fire, sometimes a small fire, but it was, you know, not very few of these were completely like the whole building blew up and they have to start fresh. And the rate at these things that are happening is no different today than it has been over the last 10 years. Fires happen all the time in manufacturing plants because you're dealing with uh, crazy amounts of stuff. And uh, so anyway, I went through this and I looked at all this and I said, okay, Uh, you know, for example, one of them, the Monmont uh, Smithfield pork plant, there was a fire. Uh, The fire was put out and they were back and up and running within, I think it said 12 days or something like that. They were back and up and running to full capacity again. So while it's true that some of these places have burned or had portions of the buildings destroyed or done, they have all continued to work for the most part afterwards. Um, and then I came across an article that was linking, that was talking about this specifically, this this whole conspiracy angle of it. And even Glenn Beck uh, had done the same. Apparently he'd had the same thought that great minds think alike. Um, and he had gone up and had his massive research team apparently <laughs> go through this. And he looked through the whole thing and uh, basically decided the same thing that I said. Um, They researched the fires mentioned in all the news reports and the social media uh, posts. And uh, he said uh, he'd been asked about this food plant fire thing over and over again, and they looked into it. And it doesn't seem to be out of the normal, believe it or not. And, um, you know, it's so it it, again, don't. This is one of the reasons why the Internet is a good thing. It's also. Uh, it could be a dangerous thing. Don't just take things on their face, people. There's a whole list. What was interesting about this is that it was a literal list of the date, the name of the company, and what they processed in this whole list of 64, 65 names. And so it's pretty easy to just highlight that and Google it. And you will find local news stories, not national, not mainstream, whatever. It's the local podunk paper reporting on what happened in Smithfield, Ohio or something. So it's uh, it's it's interesting. It's uh, it's interesting. Um, all right. Uh, Sandy said Facebook removed says it's false info, said my account would be deleted if I reposted it. Okay. I mean, I somebody posted it in a chat room. I copied it into a document so that I could keep it and look at it. But uh, it's basically, it's just relax is what I'm saying. But still, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. 
So if that's, if that's not a two ends of the scale, I don't know what is. All right, let's go over to the phones uh, and see what you guys have to say. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, Kathy from Sildotna. Hello, Kathy from Sildotna. I just want to say, yeah, I've been blocked from Peter's page for like four or five years now. And um, he's supposed to represent me. And so, anyway, um, I just thought it was hilarious, too. I just wanted to say that. And I'm looking forward to Tuckerman um, replacing him. And, um, yeah. So I'll have someone <laughs> well, representing wait. me. I guess i got a question for you, then. Why aren't you joining on the bandwagon of people who are suing their legislators for blocking them from – I mean, Reinbold's been – she's undergot it. You know, McCabe's <laughs> got somebody who's in the – you know, I mean, why aren't you up there? Yeah. You know, why don't you take him out? I mean, <laughs> well, it's – I know. This happened like about four, at least whenever Ron started, because I'm a big Ron supporter. And so, you know, me and my dad were like, you know, I've known Ron since the 80s. And I didn't even know you could sue people from blocking you from Facebook, honestly, because that was so long ago until, you know, I'm kind of watching to see what happens here, you know, because I feel like, you know, I've never, you know, for the past four years, I haven't had anybody representing me. Right, right. He won't even speak to me. Right, and when he was at the meeting, you know, saying he wasn't running again, he's like, "Some of us do, does not like me," and I'm shaking my head. Yep, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of you that and don't like me. He's probably shaking his head. Oh, and he most ca- of the time when he'd come and speak, I'd just turn my back, you know, and oh. let him know that I'm not happy with the way he's representing us. You know, don't worry, he's, and um, I. He's shooting to be your mayor, yeah. so it'll be fine. He'll be representing you then. Oh, oh I hope not. <laughs> I'll be fighting against that. That's for sure. Uh, and but, I'm well known in the community. But he's so out there. On, I will not be. Come on. He's out there on the trail doing hard work for you, getting those junk cars removed. <laughs> he's on his hands and knees with a tape measure, making sure that your roads will oh, be yeah. safe. That's what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's he doing for the commercial fishermen? You know, I'm a commercial fisherman. He hasn't done anything for us. Mm. You know, mm. um, we probably won't even fish this year at all because there's no kings. And if they don't have catch and release, the set netters can't fish. And so catch and release is no, you know, it's not there, you know. And he's a commercial fisherman, I guess. But, um, you know, it's just super frustrating, you know, what he has not done for the peninsula. You know, and there's fish for everybody, but there just needs to be maintained better, you know. Mm. So anyway, um, yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm excited for Tuckerman. I'm excited for New, new, new. I am excited. I am excited as well for new blood in the legislature. You know, um, I hope that we don't mm-hmm. replace some of the old blood with new old blood, mm-hmm. as we've seen in some mm-hmm. of the cases of uh, you know uh, uh, some of the candidates. But I think that there's, I think that there's a good candidate, one good candidate in at least each of the house races that I think could make a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think the I think this vote on the on the Congress race is I mean it's a repudiation, a repudiation of the business as usual crowd with Josh Revac and John Coghill battling it out for ninth place on this. I just I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah Well I, I'm for, I'm a Sarah I'm a Sarah fan, and I just want to say, you know, she was a commercial fisherman in Bristol Bay, and I just think uh, we just desperately need more people that can do for the fishing industry in all areas, you know, and I just think she's the best person for the job, and I just want to say that, too, because I just think we need Sarah Sarah desperately for, especially on the peninsula, for the fishing industry, what's happening here for us, and it's for everybody. You yeah. know, it's for the dip netters and everybody. You know, well, we just really need it, to it, 
it affects them all the way up into the villages, right? I mean, they, they now they have to have their free yeah. fish handout because they can't fish subsistently. So, I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Thank you for your call. Thank you for calling in. Gosh, this was actually kind of a fun show this morning. It really was. Um, I, I uh, had no plan. We did it. We got a good laugh. We found out that half of my listeners on Facebook apparently have been warned off of Facebook at one point or another for some comment they made on the show or otherwise. I feel lucky that I'm still on the air on Facebook at this point. All right. (laughs) Oh, man. Folks, I want you to do me a favor. Love those that hate you. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. Just shake your head and walk away sometimes. That's what you got to do. Life is a lot better when you do that. Just got to say. All right. We're out of time. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Again, be kind. Love one another. Live well. My gosh, just all these people, I got a, I got a comment, I got a removal, I got a ban, I got a, uh, Terry said something about Natasha Von Imhoff apparently, and bam, Facebook jail. What? What did you say about Natasha? Natasha. Uh, what did you say about Oh, but the thing that killed me was that it was in real time. I mean, like, yeah, Wow. I mean, Donna was, like, kicked to the curb immediately. Okay. Um, Folks, thank you for being part of the show every day. God, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And don't forget to check out the Common Sense Core. If you're not supporting the show right now, as little as three bucks a month, three bucks a month, you can get access to the Facebook page, you can get coffee, lunches. There's all kinds of stuff on there. Go check it out. Facebook, or excuse me, patreon.com slash Michael Duke Show. Or go to michaeldukeshow.com and join the core. Help support the show. If you love it, if we give you enough entertainment, education, and enlightenment, there you go. Go there and help support the show. Put your money where your mouth is. Thank you, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 